We are in Colossians 4 today. Thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. It is Thursday, October the 6th. The last couple of days we've been in this chapter and we saw on Tuesday how when we pray, we ought to always pray with thanksgiving. Continually pray and do so with thanksgiving. Always giving thanks to the Lord for what He'll do because we know the answer is going to be not only good, but perfect. And then we saw that when the author of this epistle, of course, is the Holy Spirit, but he used Paul. When Paul wrote this epistle, he said with all in verse three, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. The mystery of Christ being the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what he was praying for, what he was asking the church to pray for was that he would be able to have an open door to have the opportunity to share the gospel. And I really am impressed with that last phrase of that verse, for which all I am also in bonds, for which I am also in bonds. What he's saying is, Lord, I need an open door to continue to preach the gospel. And the gospel is why I'm in prison in the first place. <laughs> Paul was not backing down. He was a bold guy. I... Uh, have thought a lot about and read some here and there about what perhaps Paul's infirmity of the flesh might have been. You remember that 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 verse, and I'm sure you've heard a sermon or a thought about it, how Paul had that infirmity, that weakness, that sickness in the flesh that he just could never get over in his ministry. And for that thing, he asked God three times if God would take it away. And of course, I'm sure he thought, if only this was taken away, these hindrances on my ministry would be released and I could do so much more for you, God, if only you'd take away the thorn, the thorn in the flesh, whatever it is, whatever it was. Of course, he knew. We don't know. But God said no. Every time he said no. And he answered with, my grace is sufficient for thee. Now, how about that? God told him his strength was made perfect in Paul's weakness. And so Paul said, well, I'd rather therefore glory that in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. But I've wondered about that, that weakness, that infirmity in the flesh, what it might have been. What, what more people say than not, of course, there's no way to really know, so we wouldn't be dogmatic on this, but they have said his eyesight. Maybe after he was struck blind on the Damascus Road, God never allowed his eyes to fully heal. And he always struggled there with his eyes. Another place it says, you see how large a letter I've written to you with mine own hand. Maybe he couldn't see very well. He had to write real big, couldn't see up close. I don't know. But if it was his eyesight, I have wondered if that might be to help with Paul's boldness. Because as a preacher, and if you've ever been in front of people and trying to speak to them, especially a Bible lesson, you can see in somebody's eyes, exactly what's going on in their heart. Now, that might be a little presumptuous of me to just assume I know that, but it usually pans out. You can just see. Now, somebody, when they talk to you before or after, they got a nice big handshake, hearty hello, whatever, usually. But while they're listening to the preaching of the Word of God, if there's something in there that uh, maybe they're not quite in line with, maybe they're struggling with a sin or or they don't appreciate something being talked about, man, you can see it on their face. And if you believe you answer to them and not to God himself, 
then you might back off of a subject. You might be afraid. You'd lack boldness. You'd have fear. And I wonder sometimes if Paul was given some poor eyesight so he wouldn't be able to see their faces, so he would preach on. Now, Paul was super bold. And I, I, I say all that because that, that's all conjecture, okay? That's all conjecture. It may or may not be the case. But I say that because I was thinking about it because the next verse, verse number four. So we saw yesterday that his two prayer requests were this. Number one was an open door to share the gospel. Number two is found in verse four, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. That's what he said. The mystery of Christ for which I'm in bonds, verse four, that I may make it, the mystery of Christ, manifest as I ought to speak. Maybe Paul was trying to make sure that nothing got in the way of when the time came, when that open door revealed itself to share the mystery of Christ, that he went through that door just exactly how the Lord would have him do it, that his flesh wouldn't get in the way his fear of man wouldn't get in the way. His desire to be liked and approved wouldn't get in the way. Perhaps his education. He was a man of letters. He was very learned. He spent a lot of time as a Pharisee. Of, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, he, he said. He was, he was a, a man among men with the Pharisaical crowd, which means he had a lot of education. Maybe he was praying here that when the time came, he wouldn't talk a lot about different things that would distract from the point, which was the simple gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ given to the hearer in a way that that particular hearer would understand and a way they could apply and so that they might be saved. That should be our prayer. When he says here to make it manifest, manifest just means made known, made clear. If you got a dark corner in the room and you want to make that corner manifest, you'll shine a flashlight into that corner. Now it's manifest, perfectly clear. And so he is praying here and he's asking the church to pray that when he has that open door that God's going to give him by faith, that God's going to give him, he's asking for, that he would make the mystery of Jesus Christ manifest just like he should. I said perhaps he's praying that his education wouldn't get in the way. I've heard some preachers that, and this is not the case at all for everyone, but sometimes I've heard some preachers that were fresh off a PhD or a or a MDiv, Masters of Divinity, and there's nothing wrong with those that you should you should be studying. I understand that. I agree. But somebody that has had so much education that when they talk, I mean, they just talk right over me. And I don't, I don't, they're saying deep, deep words, words that I don't even know the, the meaning of. And I can't even understand from context. And I don't know what deep dive commentary they found that in. And they're giving me a whole lesson on the dead Koine Greek language. And I know that's not, that's not helped me at all. You know, I mean, I, and, and sometimes Somebody just needs the milk of the word, the meat of the word, like a man in the desert after he's not had any water for days and he finally finds an oasis only to find an application he's got to fill out and all, you know, I mean, just give me a drink of water. Just give me some water. I don't just give me some water. I need it. I'm thirsty. And when 
Paul got the opportunity to give the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a lot he could say. There's a lot we could say. There's a lot to study about the gospel. For somebody who gets saved, they have a lifetime of studying really what happened at the moment of salvation, the justification, the sanctification, what atonement means, what it means to be justified, what it means to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of Christ, how you were predestinated to become like the image of Christ now that you're in Christ. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. But really, when you're speaking to somebody that doesn't know the Lord, here's what they need, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ how you can do nothing and all you can't, you mustn't, and you can't do anything to save yourself. It's all Jesus. Take the gift of eternal life. That's it. By faith, receive the gift of eternal life. Turn from everything else, turn to Christ. That's pretty simple. Now, Paul, a couple of different places said, it's important not to be moved away from the simplicity of the gospel. And he mentions that in a couple of different places because there is so much involved with being saved. But in order to be saved, it really could not be simpler. A, a child could do it. I was saved at five years old and I didn't know a lot, but I knew this. I knew I was a sinner and Jesus had paid for my sins and rose again. And all I had to do was accept that gift of salvation by faith. That is it. And because it was given to me so simply and biblically with an open Bible, I've never once had to doubt it because there was nothing given to me that would confuse me. And you say, well, that's easy believism or whatever else. I don't know all the terms that people come up with out there. I just stick to the, the Bible mostly. But Jesus said, you've got to have the faith of a child to come to him, the faith of a child. And so here's what Paul was praying. Hey, I'm on the mission field. I'm in prison for preaching the gospel. Here's what I want y'all to pray for me. Pray that God would give me an open door to continue to share the gospel. And then when I get that open door, when the ball is passed to me, help me not to fumble. Don't let me double dribble. Help me to whatever else. Don't let me drop the ball. Let me to tag the base, whatever sport you like. Help me to when I get the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. When I get the ball, when I get the wide open opportunity, it's me. Take your shot. Help me to do it just like God wants me to do it. Help me to make the gospel clear. Help me to make Jesus sacrifice his sacrifice for our sins, his atonement, the simplicity of the gospel helped me to make it clear so I don't get in the way of the Holy Spirit working on the heart through the word of God on that person's life right there. Don't let me get in the way. Help me just to be a vessel. Help me to be a conduit so the Holy Spirit's power can move freely and unfettered through me. Don't let me, a, don't let me be a speed bump on the way to them getting saved. And that's what I need to pray. Help me not to think about my personality or people liking me or being accepted or, or, or anything, anything other than give me an open door, God. When that open door is made plain, that opportunity that I'm ready for and that I've asked for, you give it to me. Help me to make the mystery of Christ manifest as I ought to speak. May that be our prayer today. God bless you.